Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. After this brief intro, you'll hear the audio from our latest live Instagram Q&A. Our live sessions are so much fun. We basically Mm -hmm. show up and connect, commiserate, and build skills alongside our upbringing community. Folks write in ahead of time or chime in with questions and struggles around kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. We typically explore five to 15 questions and offer our take, our instincts, our goals, helpful phrasing, and ways to parent with alignment and integrity using our resist approach. Thank you for being here and for supporting us. And if you'd like to give your family and upbringing some extra support, please visit our website at upbringing.co to learn about our upcoming membership community, as well as our shop, which is now full of informative guides and inspiring prints based on everything we've shared here on the podcast these past two years. Wow. Two years. (laughs) Thanks for growing up alongside us one conversation at a time. Here we go. Hey everyone, Hello. I'm Hannah, this is Kelty, we're Upbringing, we're here live Good to see you uh, to Q&A the hard stuff with our sensitive and especially our spirited kids, the one that make our lives worth living, mm-hmm. that make our lives really tough too, right? <laughs> the ones that inspire us to mm. be more patient, be more empathetic, be more compassionate, be better listeners, be better problem solvers, and be more in our harder moments, more annoyed, more impatient. More yeah. embarrassed, more guilty or shameful, more frustrated, yeah, more worried. I think we worry a lot about our spirited kids. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, are they going to be bullies someday because they're pushing kids on the playground right now? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, are they going to be <clears throat> uh, selfish assholes or terrible lovers because they don't mm-hmm. care about other people's what feelings? What about their hygiene because they won't fucking brush their teeth? Cut their nails, right. wash their hair. There's a dreadlock situation. Are they all going to be nudists smells? when they grow up? Because Can they just wear some clothes? Right. That would be great. Um, yeah. Can you all... relate? Are we the only ones here? I don't think we are. <laughs> no. I know we're not. Yeah. yeah. I know we're not. No, that's what upbringing has become in the mm-hmm. last couple of years, which is so amazing to see. Is like mm-hmm. we are a large posse of parents of spirited and sensitive kids. And it feels really good to know that we're not alone. And I think that's why we love doing these live Q and A's. And that's why um, we're also so excited to announce um, our upcoming Spirited Kids Club. It's starting June 1st, it's gonna be monthly. Yeah. We're gonna have a few clubs a month, we'll build as we go. Um, but they're basically small group coaching sessions where Kelty and I get to show up with Uh, eight of you and connect about spirited kids, connect about Mm -hmm. the big feelings and the challenging behaviors, 
hear one another out, not feel less alone, basically, and then problem solve, get to work, figuring out how to work Mm -hmm. with our kids' spirits rather than against them. I'm thinking about the Spirited Kids Club, too, sort of being between our one-on-one private coaching Mm -hmm. and these live Q&As where we're kind of juggling a lot of people's things and throwing things out there and not feeling necessarily that connected to each of you. But with a one-on-one, it's like, wow, that's a lot of focus. It's a little more cheddar, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that the Spirited Kids Club is going to be a really fun in-between. Let's get into stuff now. We see you all filing in. It's Mm -hmm. so nice to see some of your names. Faces we're imagining. We just want to know what you're going through. What's the worst What's today? Happening? Let's talk What's about it. What's the hardest? What What about the challenging behaviors, the big feelings, the resistance? Right. Right? We I, love talking about our kids' resistance mm-hmm. and how we've been culturally conditioned to believe that it's the worst, mm-hmm. that we got to shut that shit down. Right. Right? That that is bad, that we want little compliant, obedient people who will then be growing into compliant, obedient, happy, successful older people. Right. And and we're making it our job, we're making it our work to shatter that as well as these legacies of conditioning, right? These inherited legacies that um, that thrive on control mm-hmm. and power dynamics that we don't believe in and that we don't have to be using with our kids. Right. So we get to uh, write our own script, write our own narrative, recondition ourselves mm-hmm. as we're conditioning our spirited kids to exist in a place that honors and respects their temperament, mm-hmm. right? That works with them rather than against them. Doesn't make them feel shameful for who they are or how they show up in the world right now as little kids with the skills they have, you know? Yeah. Someone write, oh, go ahead, Oh, no, you go ahead. Someone wrote, uh, full-on emotions and tantrums from toddler and juggling a newborn who sleeps on me all day. That's a lot. Yeah. Little sleepy newborns. Oh, my gosh. Toddler tantrums are hard as it is. Mm -hmm. And then when you feel like you can't physically... Um, support them in the same way, you know, drop down to the floor, get close to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, you know, when you're feeling like your attention is split, not just physically, but mentally between this toddler Mm -hmm. and this baby. Yeah, we we talk often about tantrums and um, how we've been conditioned culturally as well to just think, gosh, this is, are these manipulative? Gosh, are they, are they doing this on purpose? They're just, are they being a spoiled brat? Are they trying to get something? They need their way and they don't like what just happened. They can't respect my boundaries and limits. Like all of these things start running through our head, right? Or something's wrong with them. God, I need them to be resilient. They can't be just so, so full of emotion, just spouting emotion. They're the older sibling now. I know. I remember growing up with a baby, a newborn baby, and looking at my older kid and being like, they're huge, huge, gigantic. Mm -hmm. No longer a little baby or toddler. They're just, they're giant now. Mm -hmm. And those those tantrums can end up feeling giant too. Yeah. Right? So hang in there with that. to hold it on to. And don't forget that you can put that newborn baby down. They're going to be okay, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I, I can <clears throat> commiserate if they, if they struggle to sleep on their own, but if they're newborn, could give them a little swaddle, get them used to lying flat and being alone a little bit is really good for them. It's okay right now and then. Yeah. yeah. Especially in those harder moments with, with, um, mm-hmm. with an older kid who is kind of losing it in this big transition time. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of kids are just like, no, I'm fine. And I love baby and I'm gentle and I'm, this is so fun and it's wonderful. <clears throat> and then they're just wigging out in all these other ways. Mm-hmm. resistance popping up or sleep regressions coming in or um, just big feelings coming out of nowhere. It was just a spoon. Mm-hmm. You wanted blue, but there was only red. Why is this happening? What's going on? I think it's also so easy to see like when our baby cries, God, we got to attend to that right away. Mm-hmm. Pick them up, see diaper, food, 
closeness, mm-hmm. bouncing, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But when our toddler has a meltdown, we're like, uh, enough of that. Mm-hmm. We don't or see older it, kid. We don't see kid. it the same way as they're crying inside, just like a baby, and they're saying, need help from attachment figure. Need you, mama. Need you, papa. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a, just a whole new kind of set of, of goggles and lenses to put on these situations, but that's what we love talking about. Um, we unpack that a lot in our Big Feelings Guide. Um, it's available in our shop. Um, what well, else? Yeah, what else is what everyone else? going through? What's happening? Big Feelings. We have like 300 DMs that we can probably blow. <laughs> um, we're, we're definitely piling in the DMs, mm-hmm. um, which we might bring a few out on, um, but hopefully um, we can hear what's going on with all of you guys and talk about... Oh, we've got one. I just want to What's take. That? I just want to take a quick second to acknowledge our privilege while we're here, okay. um, as cis, straight, able-bodied white women. Um, <clears throat> we are incredibly privileged as well to be talking about this stuff and making this our work. We think of it not just as a privilege, but as our responsibility as white people um, mm-hmm. to be thinking about our cultural conditioning, to be challenging our beliefs, to be thinking about our alignment and our practices, to be connecting who we are as progressive people with certain values and ways of moving through the world Mm -hmm. with our practices and discipline with our kids. Mm -hmm. It's something that a lot of us haven't thought about. We think, okay, I'm going to be a good role model for my kids in the good moments. I'm going to pull out the anti-racism books. We're going to take them to the rallies. I'm going to talk about diversity and work on our our circles and the people that we're friends with and the communities we're part of. But we don't think about the ways that we can be really teaching our kids about anti-racist practices, power dynamics, respect, all of these things in those hard moments. Mm -hmm. We just think, oh, the hard moments, those are a wash. Just forget about those. Just sweep those under the rug. That those are some of the most powerful opportunities for us, especially as white people, to be showing and teaching our kids how a, a respectful use of power can look like, right? And, and be trying to avoid or at least talking through and exploring personally, if not with our kids, what an abuse of power can look like. Because that's what all of us tends to do with our control mm-hmm. toolbox. I'm just going to talk about this for one second, and then we're going to get into these questions. <laughs> for those of you who are new, we talk about how when we became parents, we were handed this toolbox control. So consequences on my terms now, threats, rewards, overpower, lectures, shame, blame, spanking, timeouts. We can add all of that. I'm sure it's all familiar to you. No matter what age of your kid, no matter um, your memories of your own childhood, it's all there, right? It's steeped in our culture and we don't have to use any of it, right? And so, so much of what we're going to be talking about through this live Q&A um, here on video and here on the podcast, if you're listening, is how to be using powers beyond control. Mm-hmm. So we talk a lot about our resist approach, which is basically a loose six-step model. Instead of um, a control consequences on my terms. Now, all of those we use resist. So when our kids resist us, when they have those big feelings and challenging behaviors, we get to use the resist mm-hmm. approach to resist our cultural conditioning that tells us to dominate, to oppress, to control, and to teach them those things. Thereby, right? <laughs> because kids, kids learn by the way we teach. So right. we respect, we empathize, we sync up, we innovate, we summarize, and we trust. So that's our loose six-step model for working through these challenges with our kids. When they resist us, we think, ding, ding, okay, it's my chance to resist too, but I'm not going to be resisting my kid. I'm going to be resisting the old white man on my shoulder telling me to control and dominate my kid. 
right? Mm-hmm. So I just had to say that really quick. Thanks for bringing that up, especially sure. when it comes to intersecting with spirited kids because spirited kids push us to use that control oh toolbox so much faster and so much more often mm-hmm. than the easygoing kids do, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's why we have this opportunity to say, wow, let's take this cohort of spirited kids, this generation of spirited kids, and let's teach them how to use that spiritedness in a way that serves them and that can ultimately serve mm-hmm. others, right? Yeah. And that begins with respecting our kids as their own people. It begins with empathizing with their point of view. It begins with, instead of focusing on socialization and the impact of their behaviors and how things look to everyone else, turning them toward themselves and working on their self-awareness, working on their attunement, working on figuring out who they are and what they need. It sounds so selfish First. and so permissive, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's the key to self-understanding and understanding others. It's mm-hmm. the beginning. Right. And then all that socialization stuff happens. There's lots of it out there. It's everywhere. Oh, yeah. So let's see what folks have been writing in about here. So someone said, so let us, for those of you who've joined, let us know what's going on with your sensitive and spirited kids, the big Mm -hmm. feelings, the challenging behaviors. That's what we're talking about here. So someone said an older kid, seven, has a hard time regulating their reactions. So yelling, screaming, Mm -hmm. adults at school. Etc. have less tolerance the older he gets. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about a, a younger toddler having tantrums and, mm-hmm. it, and you kind of likened it to a baby crying. And that's one thing that we try to key back into regardless of the age. Babies cry, toddlers wig out, older toddlers start hitting and biting, older kids right, yell, scream, slam doors. Older kids than that, they start cussing, they roll their eyes, they, you know, they ignore you. Little mean things, they say Mm -hmm. you roll their eyes, those things. Mm -hmm. Probably scaring people. It's stress language, though. And I think that a lot of folks who follow upbringing um, say, I'm not a parent, but I'm a teacher, and I don't know why this is not in our schools. Mm -hmm. I don't know why teachers are still seeing behaviors as maladaptive and negative Mm -hmm. and worrisome instead of saying, this behavior the seven-year-old showing me in class mm-hmm. is telling me they're needing something and they're struggling to get that need met based on the skills they currently mm-hmm. have and the nervous system they were born with. And I think that um, this person who writes in about their seven-year-old who's having a hard time, I think that, yes, go at the school and talk to them and say, this is my child. They have you know, a sensitive nervous system. Mm-hmm. We are working on regulating their nervous mm-hmm. system, staying calm, seeing these... Um, outbursts a little bit earlier so that they can calm themselves in time Are, modeling yeah. positive language uh, that's adaptive mm-hmm. you know that kind reducing of reducing stressors at home right? right taking things off their plate that might be adding a little bit right. of stress to them so you can be doing that at home and then telling the school that you're doing this and helping mm-hmm. them say so you know not all kids behave exactly the same mm-hmm. what resources do you have to support us mm-hmm. but getting impatient that my kid isn't conforming to every other child in your class is just not realistic i'm sorry mm-hmm. i'm so sorry this might be making your job harder mm-hmm. do you need some skills to help with my child can mm-hmm. i tell you how i support them mm-hmm. when they're struggling can I tell you yeah. how I see things ahead a little bit and mm-hmm. can kind of intervene a little bit sooner? Can I tell you how to use relational security because you haven't learned it in your teaching program yet? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, I but get really ra- like worked up about this stuff. But I love, I love how this, I'm just so sorry that that's happening. Yeah. I love how this parent said that adults um, at school, et cetera, have less tolerance the older he gets. And I yeah. think that that's, that's, that's it. very common. We yeah. all have less tolerance the older people get. 
right? It's easy for us to give a little baby, a little toddler, a little Mm -hmm. smaller kid the benefit of the doubt. Oh, they don't know yet. They just don't know. Or there's probably some brain stuff going on in there. Kids' brains are under development until they're at least 21, Mm -hmm. right? And I would argue that for many adults that I've met as well. Right, so we they're just always, underdeveloped think, in general. I most think adults. I think <laughs> right? that that's our work and our job, not yeah. just as parents, but as like evolved human beings, is giving everyone the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. and and that and that tolerance, really yeah. tolerance, of everyone doing the best they can with the skills they've got, with the stress they're under, mm-hmm. with whatever's happening. Right, right, and then it's all about when you set judgments aside about expecting people to all behave the same or students, seven-year-olds in class to respond the same. That's when you get past that behavioral judgment and you get down to needs, and mm-hmm. not just the seven-year-old's needs, but your needs as a teacher. And you mm-hmm. can say, what are the limits and boundaries here? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what your needs are, and we'll figure out what those are and how to how to get everybody's needs met. But mm-hmm. you getting frustrated and intolerant with my child is just harming their self-concept. It's just making them hate school. Yeah. It's making you have a hard day. It's making everyone else, all the other kids watching, judge this child, mm-hmm. right? It's not very helpful. And teachers are doing their best and they are going through so much and juggling so many things. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Um, but I hope that they're they're but, giving the benefit of the doubt to, like we yeah. said, to all the students who have a lot of stress at home too, who are maybe being reintegrated into school and it feeling new and feeling different mm-hmm. and all those things. Yeah. So. I think it's it's okay, and I think that when we can't control what's going on at school with our kids, um, and we can't be working with staff to be interacting with our kids in a way that feels respectful and empathetic, mm-hmm. and looking at a need rather than a behavior, looking at an individual rather than the need to conform, mm-hmm. right? I lost my train of thought. Shit. Well, that then we can connect with our child at home about Thank you. it. We yeah. can, we got the circle back. Yeah. Right? When we can't control what's happening there at home, we can say, I heard some stuff happen today. Are you okay? What happened? Or just, <clears throat> how was your day? How was your day? What was going on? Yeah. Instead of being like, your teacher told right. me. No, 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 like, no, no, no. Oh my God. So much stress from <laughs> I'm that. so yeah. shame sensitive. Totally. Yeah. Someone else says struggling with traditional school and hindering our work on toddlers' self-claims. And so I'm not sure what you mean by that. Um, but a lot of folks struggle with traditional school. It's a mm-hmm. lot. It's a lot for for teachers, a lot for students, a lot for parents to be dealing with. Yeah, maybe fill us in a little maybe more. Maybe traditional school saying. is hindering the, your own work on your toddler's kind of sense self of concept, self. yeah, or, or independence. Not or, sure. So fill us in. Someone said, "I would love to hear about two spirited daughters who've been fighting." I use my tools, but could use more and maybe some perspective. Yes. That's something we would love to unpack in our Spirited Kids Club because it's just Mm -hmm. like, wow, one spirited kid is really tricky. And then take two with this chemistry, this sibling chemistry, Mm -hmm. where they just are like magnets for each other, Mm -hmm. right? Fighting, 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 fighting. It's exhausting and so triggering for us, right? I think that we also talk about it in our sibling conflict guide, which is in our shop. Mm -hmm. So check that out. But it begins with our beliefs. It begins with our role. Yeah. I think the belief that we so often have is that um, our goal in family and a sibling relationship is harmony. Mm-hmm. And how often is that going to happen? Is that a realistic goal? Is that a fair goal? Is that, um, yeah, it's not. No. It's so, so we rewrite that goal and say our, our actual goal with siblings, our actual goal with our home is not harmony but connection. Mm-hmm. So regardless of the level of conflict, regardless of how everyone's feeling and doing with each other or alone, um, we're going to connect. 
we're going we're gonna to connect, not just when we're skipping or scooping ice cream or snuggling on the couch or patting the dog or tickling the baby's toes. We're going to be connecting lovingly as often as we possibly can in those hard moments too. And then we talk about our role. So we've established our goal, connecting when possible. And our role so often with sibling relationships, we've been conditioned to think, okay, policeman, hall monitor, judge, jury, referee. We slip into these roles so quickly, just being like, give it back. You're right. You're wrong. You're older. You're younger. Who did this to who? Who's right? Who's wrong? Who's good? Who's bad? Mm -hmm. And we slip into this binary uniform and it feels like shit and it's not doing our kids any service, right? Mm -hmm. So instead, what are we? What's the role that we want to be embodying in these sibling conflict moments or friend conflict moments? We really need to get the, our hats, the sensitive support staff hats, mm-hmm. right? Badge. Saying, "Wow, I'm here to support my kids, but I'm not in charge of their relationship now in this moment, right? Or mm-hmm. in the future, it is theirs; it belongs to them. So I'm just here to support. I'm here mm-hmm. to mediate. I'm here to translate. I'm here to secure, mm-hmm. create a sense of security and approachability around conflict, mm-hmm. so that my daughters can start doing that." with one another and with themselves that when they approach conflict when they get older they're not going to freak out and run away or attack and blame they're not going to shame or blame do that game right they're not going to go into a a victim aggressor rescuer triangle situation with us that's how it all starts is parent is the rescuer right victim and aggressor are the two kids and everyone just goes around the triangle and trades places and that's how they see conflict is like someone's good someone's bad someone rescues the the good person and that's not how conflict has to be. Conflict is really just two yeah. people with competing needs. And, and strategies. we get to be out of that triangle and say, it's between you guys. I'm going to support. Yeah, but I think that's the that's the trap we often fall into is either mm-hmm. we're in there and we're going to control the shit out of it. <laughs> we're going to figure out who gets what and when and who goes to what room and who says what and I'm sorry to the other person and all that shit. Or we're like, Figure it out on your own, especially at a certain age. We're like, I can't hear this. I can't You're deal old with enough this. to you do this You guys are fighting yourself. too yeah. much. I can't take this anymore. Go to your room and handle it. Right? And I think a lot and of us- And we're the victim in a that A lot way. of us grew yeah, up though. either with, with the over-controlling parent or the parent that let us figure it out. Mm-hmm. And we didn't figure it out. And it was really hard. Or we figured out things that we're working through in therapy now. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think that that's like always, our work is right in the middle. And that mm-hmm. messy gray, yeah. right? That's, that's hard to see. That's, that's hard to figure out. That's hard to get our footing in. That but doesn't the, always look neat and tidy. Yeah. Right? It's not like a plot of a, a crappy action movie mm-hmm. or a This Is Us episode or whatever it is. Like, it, it doesn't always resolve immediately or in yeah. 15 minutes. Everyone's not hugging and crying at the end. Yeah. And like BFFs. And that's okay. Yeah. We always talk about connection, right? You mentioned mm-hmm. being that that goal. And connection isn't always... I don't know if you said this because I wasn't paying attention to you, Cal. Sorry. I was looking <laughs> at comments here. But I probably did, connection yeah. isn't you know, all this cute, fun stuff. But connection is just understanding oneself and another person. And that's the goal. Even in the attempt. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting how you talked about getting in that, stuck in that triangle of victim, aggressor, and Mm -hmm. rescuer. And you talked about how we all get stuck in these scripts. Mm -hmm. You know, we get stuck in the role of the police and they get in the, you know, it wasn't me, it was her, she did this. And it's like, sounds like a play or something. And it was funny, one of our um, upbringing community members, Lark Rising, her name's Lauren Holt, uh, was reminding us a couple days ago um, of how we often talk about these situations feeling like a play where we have all these lines. Um, we did a, a podcast mm-hmm. episode called, uh, what was it? Playing, it was the playing in the gray episode that kicked it off. And instead saying, instead of a play where we're like the director 
and the lead and the writer and we're scripting everything and everyone gets their little little script and has to read it verbatim can we just be in an improv routine instead where instead of we're saying no but we're saying yes and we're still in charge of everybody we're still maybe top billing but (laughs) uh but we're incorporating these other these other magical and elements and trusting that they're right. that they're good. We're not right. in control holding everything yeah. together. We don't have to. We can say, I'm not sure what they're gonna do. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what they're gonna say next, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what I'm gonna say next. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Right? And let that be okay. Let that be enough for now. Mm-hmm. Someone else said, My twin girl is so sassy and really feels that she is the ruler of her world. I love her confidence, but it definitely triggers me. I find it hard not to feel disrespected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, w- I wonder how your sassiness, um, you know, was was experienced by your parents or mm-hmm. by teachers or by older siblings. I think that oftentimes, you know, I don't think sassiness in and of itself, you know, cognitively you're saying, I love that confidence, but emotionally you're saying it feels so wrong to me, right? Which is so normal. We all have that because I think mm-hmm. that, um, confidence and sassiness and the sense of entitlement, right, is a threat to power structures. And so I think growing up and white patriarchy teaches everyone to say, do not speak up, do not stand up, mm-hmm. right? Feedback does not go up the no, chain. No, no, no. Only respect right. goes up. You are up. a little too confident. You are a little too um, uh, engaged mm-hmm. as the ruler of your own world. Like, I like it yeah. a little bit. It's a little cute, but now it's a little bit not cool anymore. So stop, right? Yeah. Or we, we have think, to remember how think... unfeminist that is, yeah. right? Or, and, it, you know, feeling those feelings is, I think, so uncomfortable because we know that they go against our values as progressive people, mm-hmm. right? But we have this programming. That's what's uncomfortable is that this, what our kids are doing is, is just shooting us in the heart with and really calling out that conditioning that we're not even that aware of until mm-hmm. the moment mm-hmm. of that's wrong. No, don't say that. You're too confident now. Mm-hmm. You're sassy, right? Yeah. And I think that those are moments that we try to remember to just dispense with the labels, right? That's, mm-hmm. Our kids are not being disrespectful. Our kids are not being rude. Our kids are not being mean or unkind. Our kids are speaking their truth. They're being themselves. Yeah, they're just being themselves. And we talk about it often in our from our freedoms model, which you can download on our website, but our kids yeah. free to speak. Freedom to speak is so important. Yeah. That means that we grant our kids the right to say anything they want. Right. Anything. They're right? gonna learn soon enough that the world censors them, mm-hmm. that speaking up and speaking out will harm them, right? But can our homes be that safe place to say who you are and what you think and what you feel is safe here? Mm-hmm. Because our home is creating the home that they're going to bring with them anywhere and everywhere mm-hmm. as they grow older. And can it be at that safe place to experiment with the way they express it? I think mm-hmm. that's what people focus on. Okay, you can believe that. Okay, you can think that and need that. Those are all okay. But the way you're saying it, it's just... It's not what a 30-year-old would say. So yeah. five-year-old, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like... No, I know your brain is like barely formed, <laughs> but just if you could say it a little bit more respectfully, it would be less triggering to me, right? right? And so I think that you identified that, Kelty, and I think this person so amazing. She said, mm-hmm. I feel disrespected. You're, you're realizing that you aren't being disrespected. That's not a reality. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that you're feeling that way. And I think yeah. that that's where the beauty comes in separating the work our kids need to be doing, and that which we usually try to control, and saying, no, who they are and what they're doing is great. The work needs to be with me. 
mm-hmm. right? So I can do my job in supporting them and hosting them in this safe, nurturing yeah. environment that's going to help them feel secure mm-hmm. about the natural human emotions and feelings that they're going to have the rest of their yeah. lives. The way they go about it mm-hmm. will change over time. We've got to trust that's, that. That's what you right? always say. And I think <laughs> yeah. that we have to remember in these moments when our kids, regardless of age, they could be two screaming no, they could be five saying you're ugly, they could be eight saying I'm never going to grandma's, they could be 12 saying you're the worst mom ever. It could be any age, right? We have to always honor the impulse. Mm-hmm. The impulse to communicate, the impulse to share, the impulse to be vulnerable, the impulse to, to be, meet a need, to be honest and mm-hmm. to meet a need. We have to honor that. Right. And if we shut down our kids' words, we're shutting down the, that, that inner wisdom and authority that says, speak for what you believe in. Live authentically yeah. is basically what we're either supporting or shutting down in those right. moments. So I think it's more in the middle work. It's not, mm-hmm. I'm just going to pretend they didn't say that. And it's not I'm going to shut this shit down. They can't talk to me that way because I'm their parent. Right. It's that middle ground. Yay. Yay. Right. But that's where the work is. When our kids say something that triggers us so much, where we feel so disrespected, what are we going to say instead? What's our job in that moment? Mm-hmm. I'm asking you. Oh, you're asking yeah. me. <laughs> I would just get curious. I think yeah. curiosity is the, is the number one thing. Why? Why am I? So why do I feel disrespected by my sassy daughter? I thought you were going to say, why? I usually get curious. Why are you saying why that? Do What's I, your problem? I, I think I would get curious about myself first because my feelings aren't reality. That's just my personal experience. And I'd ask myself what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then when I, once I got a little clearer about that, I would maybe ask my child what's going on for them. And it could be in the moment. It could be later. Mm-hmm. And just show, hey, I struggle with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I want to know what's going on for you. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and we can tie that back to what we spoke about at the beginning of this episode, crying baby, wigging out toddler, mean five-year-old, you know, eye-rolling, you know, sassy 12-year-old, whatever it is. It's all the same. It's our kids mm-hmm. using the developmentally appropriate way of communicating a need, right? They're struggling. They're needing help. So in those moments that our kids are triggering us with their quote-unquote disrespectful talk, we take care of ourselves and our nervous system first. We take some deep breaths. We try not to be triggered. We leave the room if we need to. And then we say, how are you doing? Instead mm-hmm. of, why are you doing this? <laughs> we say, how are you doing? What's going on? Right? Or if they're just saying, I want another milk. Give me another milk. And it's like disrespectful like that. Or I'm not going to wherever. I don't want to see your stupid friends or whatever like that. We translate. You really want more milk. Whew, I'm feeling that a lot. You really excited about milk or, okay, so you're not it, that sounding that excited to go see my friends. Why not? What's up? Yeah. You want to go do something else? Right? Our kids speak really with like, very inflammatorily, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're like the tabloids. It's like one grain of truth and they just blast it all over the place. That's what their brains do. That's what their development does. That's okay. I would right? much rather that than it be like super secret stealthy because then you never know what they're going through, yeah. right? And I think that's the the worry too is that if we continue to respond negatively to our kids' outbursts just because of the way they're doing it, mm-hmm. they don't stop having those feelings. They still have them, but they experience them alone, right? That's what they're mm-hmm. learning is that don't go to mom for that. Mm-hmm. Don't do those things. Don't show her that, who you are, how you feel, what you need, right? 
And we don't want to be telling our kids that. We want to be telling them the opposite. Yeah. So that's and, the work. And in some moments we can be honest, not, yeah. let me just focus on the impact here. When you say that, it makes me feel. So we don't do that with our kids, right? Because mm-hmm. we're the we're the attachment figure. We're the one in power. It's, a, it's manipulative <clears throat> to our kids to be saying those things. But we can still show there's an impact. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can say, you know, I'm struggling a little to support you um, because of the way we're talking, not you're talking, mm-hmm. we're talking. So I'm just going to take a little break or, mm-hmm. you know, the noise is getting a little bit much. Um, can we just take a little space for a couple minutes and talk about mm-hmm. it again in like five minutes? Right. Right. We can, we can t- show our kids and tell our kids, this is a struggle for me right now. I'm being my authentic self without saying this is because of you. And let's right. be honest. Most of the time when our kids are sassy or rude, they know they're being sassy and rude. They know because they feel it. They're experiencing it in their yeah. bodies. They don't need us being the reminder police, being like, uh, just FYI, you're being super sassy. They're like, I know. I feel uh-huh. like shit right now, right? That's how it's I like, am. Why would we pile on more <clears throat> shit for them? I know. We talk about it all the time between ourselves or with our partners, too. Yeah. When I'm struggling the most, I treat the people closest to me so bad, right? right? I'm sassier. I'm blunter. You're not doing it for I'm, kicks. I'm ruder. I'm louder. Yeah. And I do not need them to be pointing that out. Because right. it's pretty obvious to me what I need them to right. be doing. And then adding, getting offended on top of it. You're like, yeah. I'm already one struggling person. Can you hold up for uh-huh. me, please? Yeah, can we just limit yeah. it to one struggling person at a time if possible? Right. That would be awesome. But what I really need in those moments is someone to just say, just cut through the bullshit. And just yeah. be like, are you doing okay? What's up? What's, did you, I saw you reading an email. Was, it, was something going on with that? Right. Or I know the house is a little bit messy right now. We're going to get it done tonight. Mm-hmm. Is that what's kind of throwing you a little bit? And I'm like, no, it's not. And they're like, okay, okay. Right? Or we, all need, we all need right? this. Right? Right. You're feeling strongly about that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? We do not have to take everything our kids say personally. Yeah. It is not all about us. Our kids are living not to meet our needs, make us happy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, clear up our childhood wounds, see to all our needs. Mm-hmm. They're just doing their thing. We do yeah. not have to take everything as personally as we do, but it's hard because that enmeshes a little bit with our responsibility. So we're like, how do I love them and care for them, teach them without being mm-hmm. so entangled that I need them to meet my needs too and expectations? It's just a little complicated. It totally right? is. Yeah, that's, that's the work. That's why I love talking about all this is kind of teasing that apart mm-hmm. um, and then practicing. Yeah, because that's all it is. Is we're not going to get it every time. We're not going to get near it every time. We're just going to keep practicing. We're just going to keep practicing, creating more space, creating more calm, creating more mm-hmm. awareness, walking into these situations, which our kids have every right to be throwing our way. Right. I think we should do, what is it called? Quick fire or what's Rapid it? fire. Rapid fire okay. on the rest of these, because I we've been missing so many folks uh, by the end and we've okay. only got about 10 minutes left here and I want to make sure we get to everybody. So maybe we can... We've had fun kind of, you know, riffing and ranting a little bit here. Does this sound okay, everyone? Yeah, let us know. Because we have a little mic situation that gets kind of buzzy sometimes. Yeah, especially when I'm welcoming people. But I like to wave. Just stop tapping Welcome everybody. I'm not tapping very hard at all. This is very delicate. That looks more delicate. Okay. So someone mentioned... Let's see... Five-and-a-half-year-old struggling with his younger brother who's two-and-a-half. I'm struggling to support him because he's beginning to actually hurt his brother with shoves and kicks. Any thoughts? Yes, we mentioned a little bit of um, of sibling stuff just earlier in this talk, so check that out after we post this after. Mm-hmm. Um, our sibling conflict guide is available in our shop that breaks down, I think it is 10 
uh, tools and steps in supporting mm-hmm. your kids. Um, and in some ways, it's like the the physical fighting, most of the time we can stop because mm-hmm. we're generally there to support them, right? I think it's so much harder when kids get older in, in some ways with the mind games because you're like, oh, I can't gosh. stop you from saying They're that. Like, I, I won't be your friend anymore. And right. the other one's like, what? Like, Mama's never coming back for you. You're like, what? Don't tell them that. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, there, I mean, there's vast ways to for children to yeah. torture one another. But the physical stuff is one way where we can just say our job is to just stay calm, calm everyone down, mm-hmm. and keep everyone safe. That's it. Over and over and over again. We're inhibiting the impulse to hit and we're rerouting it and saying, calm. You want to hit? We're going to go to calm. You want to hit? We're going to go to calm. Mm -hmm. And if our children do that enough, right, and feel safe in their their negative feelings and learn to calm, you know, respond basically Mm -hmm. instead of react, hit, that's how they start getting better. And without feeling any shame, without feeling any victimization, that, that, yeah. that shame But it's game. so hard when, when our kids are old enough, like five here, um, mm-hmm. to quote unquote use their words. It's something that a lot of us end up saying yeah. is, why are you acting like a little child hitting and kicking and Just biting? Just talk to Just them. use your words. Mm-hmm. Just talk. Mm-hmm. So we always want to bring it back to the kids' brains and, our, and the fact that our kids are always showing us what they're able to do. Mm-hmm. And when their dysregulation looks like kicking or biting or scratching or kicking or snarling or pinching, that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's where they're at right now. That's what dysregulation looks like for where they are right now. Mm-hmm. And it's right. all okay. It's okay. Right. And that's just why they need us there to help save them from themselves. And I think mm-hmm. the last thing I want to say about sibling, this is not rapid fire at all. No. Damn it. Mm-hmm. Um, is that our kids relationship, not just with us, but with one another is one of the first blueprints for a relationship they're going to have with others, with friends, with partners, right? And so we have to remember again what we're conditioning them to believe about their needs and about conflict. So we don't want to just focus on behavior, who did what, because that basically teaches them that they can't stop their impulses. They know what's right, but they can't do it. Shit, Mm -hmm. I feel like shit now. Mm -hmm. But they're also going to believe that in relationships, all you focus on is who did what, what happens with whatever. That could make them a pretty good partner, maybe, so they know how, what to do, what not to do. But that's not dealing with the root cause, which is their own awareness of their own needs and learning how to grow an awareness of other people's needs. And so that's why we set so much of the behaviors aside, aside from keeping them safe, then we focus on the invisible. We focus on the underlying needs. We focus on the things underneath the water, that whole bottom of the glacier that you don't see, right? That's the work is helping our kids learn that there's this invisible emotional world around them and that the time they spend in conflict with people can actually be productive. It can actually grow their relationship. It can grow them personally. Yeah. So in those moments when we feel we have to dive in and say, we don't hit or stop Mm -hmm. kicking or you're hurting him or why are you doing this? Right. We can just hold space and not just sit there on our butts right? But come in to create a positive association with conflict. I know everyone's like, what? But conflict's bad. What We, we need to create a negative association. So I'm going to punish. I'm going to get consequences. Mm-hmm. Might give a little spank on the bottom to say, remember how bad this feels. Mm-hmm. So don't do it again, right? But our kids are going to keep doing it again because it's their job, mm-hmm. right? So what we want to be doing instead is coming in and saying, hey, everyone, how's it going? We know it's not going well. That's okay. We're, we're open. We're curious. Right, Safe. and we get in there physically if we need to to separate. I'm gonna make a little space here, or oh, okay. okay, okay, okay. Let's create some space. Or how's mm-hmm. everyone doing? Mm-hmm. Or just nodding because he's you know dysregulated and unable mm-hmm. to hear very much. Right. So, and then we make some space and we say, "How are you guys doing? What were you needing? Mm-hmm. What were you needing? 
right? Sometimes we know it's as clear as day. They were fighting over this one thing. Mm -hmm. We can still ask, were you wanting that toy too? Did you guys have kind of a tug of war over it? Because you both wanted it. Am I getting it right? Does that sound right? Sounds like you had it and then you wanted it and then Mm -hmm. you took it. So we're we're doing this fast. We'd leave a lot more space between everything, Mm -hmm. right? We'd let people then, you know, cry a little or let there be some air. That's okay. Or dive back on the kid and we say, okay, you still are wanting to hurt him. I'm going to pull you off. We're going to create some space so we can all relax and just figure this out. And then back to the script that we were talking Mm -hmm. about earlier, we don't have to write the script for the entire thing. Mm -hmm. So you did this and you did that and now you're going to give it back and you're Mm going to do that. And you say, sorry, we're going to leave some space. It's scary. It's really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. to do that, to trust in our kids to maybe have some ideas of their own Mm -hmm. or maybe just get their feelings out of each other Mm -hmm. or maybe practice something like setting a boundary and saying, I don't like it when you say that, Mm -hmm. right? Who knows what's going to happen when we let them be on stage with us, right? Love it. Hope that helps a little. Okay, we're gonna go faster on these. When my friend comes over for a play date, her son, who's five, and my son, who's five, play together happily. My three-year-old wants to join in though, and they find it hard to play with him, and he cries as he's left out. Yeah. That's a really hard Mm -hmm. one. Yeah. I mean, I think so much of it is, uh, the person said, my friend thinks that they should state they don't wanna play with him. And I feel like the older kids should include him. It's hard. Yeah, I mean, I think so much about it is it's kind of a two-prong approach. It's talking to the older kids and it's talking to the younger kid. Mm-hmm. And it, it can't always fix anything in the moment because beliefs are set, needs are there, mm-hmm. and it's a little tricky. But I would say before they come over, mm-hmm. could talk to your five-year-old and say, how's it going? Mm-hmm. What were your plans? The three-year-old is going to want to play. So what should yeah. we do? Are there a couple things that he could be part of, do you think? Could he start? Just so he's not around you the whole time. Right. Could he start doing what you're doing and then he'll come with me to do the thing in the backyard? What could we do? Because I've noticed that he gets really upset and it's understandable that you want to play with your friend. But what could we do? How can we meet your needs and meet his needs? Right. And maybe right. he's like, I don't care. And you're like, cool. Okay. Good talk. It's his choice who okay. he wants to play with. Yeah. yeah. But we're building consciousness. We're building some context. Yeah. We're building an awareness that his little sibling has some needs and, and that you're just trying to problem solve around mm-hmm. it. Right. And at the most, you could say, well, that's how you feel. Great. Mm-hmm. You are expressing your need that you don't want to add your little brother into this mix with your other five-year-old. Can we talk about how you might tell him that? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's hard for him to accept Instead of it. being like, scram your little shit, uh-huh. or the, <laughs> right. the equivalent. Right. right. What could you say Could you know mm-hmm. that would maybe help him feel a little better? Because we mm-hmm. don't want to convince our kids that they have to meet everyone else's needs except their own. Mm-hmm. You have to share that toy. You have to let them play Include with you. Someone, you yeah. have to do all these things. That's an ideal world that we'd like our, our child to participate in. But that's not our goal in these early years. These goals in our these goals in these early years is saying is prioritizing our kids' self awareness, not the socialization. Be nice to everyone, meet everyone else's needs. It's why don't I want to play with this other kid? Let's think about it. Mm-hmm. How can I talk to them in a way that it feels okay to me and to them? Yeah. Right. Those are the skills. Our kids are going to have resistance to things the rest of their yeah. lives, and we don't want them to just be like, "Well, I guess that's fine. I guess I have no personal boundaries." Of course, all those people can come and stay at my house. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can cheat off my test. Of course, yeah. I'll go on this date with you, skeezy guy. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we want them to know how they feel, but be able to do it in a socially adaptive way. And that will come 
with practice. Yeah. And then with the little guy, we can be building uh, context around the, the two older kids that are playing, building um, sort of a connection around what might happen if he does get prepared, quote unquote, rejected. Yeah. What can we do instead? What can we do earlier? All the things. But I think it's so common for us in, as parents to think, I have to insinuate myself into this situation to prevent disappointment and, and figure it out and <laughs> stop this thing. I've got a matchmaker. Right. I have to make it so the older one wants the younger one. I have to make it so the younger one never feels disappointed and tortured about his older sibling. Right. And if we could just take that job right off your your table, mm-hmm. your description, whatever it is, and say, you don't have to do any of that. No. Right? We plant seeds, we build context, and we support whatever happens mm-hmm. as neutrally as possible. Mm-hmm. And right. have our own feelings about it. If sure. you think the older kids should include him, it's hard. Mm-hmm. You feel that way, but that's yeah. not necessarily how they want to roll with their friendships. Yeah. And I think, again, we have this opportunity to show our older kids, I, mom doesn't have an agenda and is going to control you and boss you around about mm-hmm. things that are about your life. She's just here to support. Yeah. And same with the younger right. kid. He's not going to come to you being like, mom, fix this. Because mm-hmm. you usually fix You it. are the rainmaker. So you go to my big brother and tell him he has to have me be part of this. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be stuck in that job either. No, that's undermining yeah. all of their skills and their relationship ultimately. Yeah. We can help the younger ones say, I'm really angry that I can't play with you. Mm-hmm. Right? We can help him feel safe in his disappointment and his anger and his mm-hmm. frustration. He's going to experience those the rest of his life. And mm-hmm. gosh, if, if our kids get to be with us in those moments for several years, bring those moments on as often as we can yeah. so that we can create a sense of security and normalcy mm-hmm. for them in those moments so that when they they've you know leave mm-hmm. the nest, they're going to be a lot more resilient. They're going to be like, oh yeah, disappointment. Yeah. I felt that. I think that we... we it's will, a friend of right. mine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that old that. thing. Right. Yeah. No, but I think that we, we we so resist our kids feeling these things. We want them to be resilient and happy now. Right now. Immediately. Right. But resilience right. isn't developed through just skating through life and not and not encountering anything or getting over something hard really fast. That's mm-hmm. not how we become resilient. You know, we become resilient through support in those disappointing moments, mm-hmm. in those tricky moments, in those challenges and that conflict. And that's what we're really doing in these in these moments with our siblings is we're building their resilience because we're holding space, we're keeping it positive, mm-hmm. we're showing that we care, and I, we're showing that everyone's needs matter. And mm-hmm. this woman said, thank you so much because I don't want him to feel like he has to let him play. For sure, I'm a people pleaser from my childhood. Oh, sure. And absolutely, we want to match make, we want to make everybody happy, and that's the exact same thing mm-hmm. we're teaching all of our kids. Do not disappoint anyone, just mm-hmm. yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not what we want to be doing. That's no. I'm glad that that felt a little helpful because so we've all been there. Though, I saw a quote recently on Instagram. Someone said, the last person you should ever disappoint mm-hmm. is yourself. Yeah. And I was just like, God damn it. That's so true. And so backward. And yet we're, yeah. so, we're conditioned entirely the opposite, mm-hmm. right? Disappoint yourself before anyone else. Mm-hmm. Put everyone else first is what we're taught. Oh my gosh, there's so many good ones. We're not going to get to them all tonight well, unless we, we do rapid. a true rapid fire, Kelty. Okay. A true one. Let's do this. Okay. okay. Here we go. Oh, Hold on. I'm still scrolling. I'm still scrolling here. Okay. Someone wanted to join the live. We're not really doing that lately. Yeah, it's it's Maybe kind so. of messes up our internet a little bit. So that's why. Um, Amy, we'll get to you in a second. Let's see. Yeah. Okay. Here we go, Amy. So how to lovingly support my three-year-old in real time in front of the people that make him uncomfortable. My son has developed a new fear of my grandpa. And I think because he's a little loud and goofy and it's a lot for my son to process. 
Today, while we were leaving, he popped in his head in the car to say goodbye while my son was strapped in the car seat and super uncomfortable. I tried to intervene and explain that my son was feeling a bit shy today and didn't feel like talking, but he lingered and my son was crying. He kept on trying to talk to him and it felt so cringy and I didn't know how to lovingly intervene in real time to be my little guy's wingman. It was new and awkward for me. Oh, I totally get that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cars are just the worst. And great grandparents are so scary. They are so scary looking. (laughs) Terrifying. God, I love them. They are so freaky looking. And what a sweet grandpa to just want to like keep visiting, just not caring or not even noticing those little tears popping out. Yeah, not so much. I think so you much. did your best. And I think these mm-hmm. first situations that take us by surprise are the mo- moments that we, like you a little bit, just tend to beat ourselves up. Like, oh gosh, I fail, right? I just, I, 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 was, I had to sit strapped in my seat, watching them suffer strapped in their seat. Yeah. Like that is like the definition of hell. Those just kind yeah. of like whiff moments where you're like, I think I should have just said something or should have done something. That's okay. This is all information. This is all good to be thinking about because these are moments that are going to happen again, whether it's your grandpa or someone else, a different situation where your child is uncomfortable. So it's great little reminder to be like, how would I want to deal with that? And I think that's something you can process with your child too and be like, so earlier today in the car, like you were in there and grandpa came. Remember all of a sudden grandpa's head was like, Mm-hmm. And it was such a surprise. Right? Were you a surprised? Bit of humor. How yeah. did you feel about it? I was a little surprised, mm-hmm. and and I tried to mention that you were maybe uncomfortable, and, and he w- didn't. Seem and to we were get both it. feeling ready to go, mm-hmm. and he was yeah. st- he was still there. Do you remember that? He was still there. Yeah. Maybe he couldn't hear us. You know, maybe, maybe he, maybe he just really wanted to say goodbye to you. I don't know what it was, but I'm sorry that I, that I couldn't get us going a little sooner. Yeah. Next time I'm going to work on that. I'm sorry that you experienced that. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that we went through that together, Mm -hmm. you know? So you're normalizing, you're creating safety around uh, Mm -hmm. letting him process, listening, asking him to share anything Mm -hmm. that comes up, you know? Yeah, but that's tricky. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that was something that you could have physically intervened <clears throat> with a grandpa. I would have, you probably would have had to get out of the car if you weren't mm-hmm. in it already and put your hand on his shoulder and just be like, oh, I see him a little, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's looking ready to go. Thank you again so much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just do a little like, uh, but segue. I think in those moments, we're just like paralyzed. You're like, just, it's going to end any second. Oh my God. Right? And it, then it, it just keeps not It's ending. like the child and us just seeing this and witnessing yeah. it and, and being in our child's uh, shoes in that yeah. car seat in that moment. Yeah. Um, someone mentioned, I'm struggling with being at peace with my preschool um, or pre-kindergarten school because it doesn't focus on what we value at home, like self-regulation, altruistic value, awareness, et cetera. Yeah. I think we're all That's, struggling with oh, that. Oh, man. It's really tricky. And yeah. I think that the, the way to reconcile it is just to, to get clear on it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to say, what is it? What are my deal breakers? What bothers me about it? Not just the feeling I have about it, but actually the practices that are going on. What can mm-hmm. I focus on and say... Where can I set boundaries? Where can I get help? Where can mm-hmm. I ask questions? Or are there alternative schools I can can go to? Mm-hmm. What is it? What is that that level of that line of where I can let something go and maybe talk to my child about it and process it? Mm-hmm. No, it's not you know all the time. Versus mm-hmm. those things where I'm like, this is not going to work. Or there's one teacher where you know it's going to go better right. than another teacher. Yeah, yeah, but I think that that discomfort that I'm sensing and we knowing so little is just that feeling of dissonance, but not a lot of clarity. Mm-hmm. about what it is that's actually bothering you. You're just kind of mm-hmm. like, I get, I have this vibe and this general distrust, distaste, mm-hmm. but what can we do? Yeah, get it on paper. But as soon as you've, you're done mm-hmm. feeling those mm-hmm. feelings, you know? 
Yeah, that's yeah, true. I would get all those feelings out. Um, someone was re-commenting on what we'd said about sibling challenges and saying, what if you've already gotten caught in that triangle, the triangle we mentioned of victim, aggressor, and rescuer? How do you work out of that cycle? Get me out. Help, yeah. we, we're in it. We tear up the script, right? Mm-hmm. All the things we usually say we tear up and we're the leaders in that way. Mm-hmm. We tear up our script first and, and our kids start looking at theirs and being like, what, really? I'm supposed to say that? That doesn't sound like me anymore. Real this really? That's my motivation. What? I don't think so, right? So we we start by working on our beliefs. We talk think about working on our approach. We try to come in neutrally. We try to just reflect what we're seeing without judgment. We try to summarize what we're hearing or imagining our kids are going through to give them those words and help build that awareness. And that script will fade away. Yeah. And those roles will too. Someone said, but what if they're hurting others and constantly arguing? So we we stop them from hurting others, Mm -hmm. right? And we let them argue. And we say, you guys are struggling. I'm here to support you if you need anything. Otherwise, the, the kids and siblings are just mm-hmm. trying out their power. They're taking their stuff out on one another, right? You can tune in with them to support in the moment, process with them after the moment. Say you're there. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's their relationship, right? Yeah. But yeah, decide. Is it something that I need to put a boundary about? Like if you're hurting other kids, so it's, it seems like maybe it's time for us to go. Like it seems <laughs> like you're struggling to control your body and other kids are feeling a little like, ah, what's happening so but remember that the constant arguing is practice Mm -hmm. it's practice for nonviolent communication it just looks really gnarly right away Mm -hmm. it would be like like judging a like a first year lawyer who just took the bar versus a like 30 year trial attorney Mm -hmm. like think about their skills in negotiation and manipulation and conflict resolution or think about anything else our kids have ever done yeah they did really crappy at the beginning right it was cute when they did like walking crappy or when they were like eating with a spoon, it was like they kept trying to put it in their eye. So cute. It's so cute, right? Mm-hmm. But as they're learning how to dialogue with someone else, that arguing is going to sound really, really terrible, really, really terrible. hard to hear. Really triggering. Right? Mm-hmm. We have to keep looking at those challenging moments, those new things as practice too. Four-year-old courtroom. Come right? on. As learning, as growing, as all of the good things. Yeah. Someone said, any tips or ideas about helping a kiddo who's had big separation fears, started half day in person and had to move back to remote because of her very hard time in the lead up and at drop off. Yeah, that is a huge mm-hmm. transition for kids, especially after a year of uh, quarantine for most mm-hmm. folks. And that's a lot. And I think moving back is a great thing because now you have time to process and plan, right? I think we could do a whole episode on supporting our kids' separation anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be a great topic to talk in a, uh, our Spirited Kids Club because I think mm-hmm. a lot of spirited and sensitive kids really struggle with those transitions God, yeah. to leave the freaking house and then they won't go into the the classroom or they right? won't they leave won't the classroom leave the park. then and yeah right and then you know they don't even want to come home and they didn't want to leave home that morning it's so infuriating and tricky yeah. Yeah, but I think we look at a lot of separation anxieties, not just as developmentally normal, but as a stress response. And, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean that they shouldn't necessarily be doing whatever the thing is, right? Mm-hmm. It means that we have to double down our energy on one, like you usually talk about asking, is this necessary? Do, does it have to happen or not? Getting clear on that. And two, just leaning in on the feelings. So mm-hmm. we're respecting um, our kids' right to feel however they want to feel about whatever's going on in their life. Right. And we're, we're creating a lot of security through our environment and through the routine in general. Mm-hmm. So aside from supporting our, our child mm-hmm. in the moment with empathy and syncing up and innovation mm-hmm. and the rest of that resist approach, mm-hmm. in that respect step, um, we, we also want to just say like, um, oh my gosh, I totally lost my train of thought. 
routine. A routine. Yeah. What can we do to create predictability and,、mm-hmm. and security? Well, how can we help them get to school? You know, we can't make them necessarily enjoy it. But what can we do to to make it a little more fun heading off? What can we do to help them feel like they have a little piece of us? Maybe they draw something on our hand,、mm-hmm. and we only open it after we're in the car.、Mm-hmm. You know, what is it? Can they carry a little something that's ours? Do all of that work beforehand.、Mm-hmm. Process. Tell stories that morning.、Mm-hmm. Let out all the crazy feelings. Fill their cup so that they felt felt really connected and seen by you.、Mm-hmm. And then at drop off, that's when we work with them in that moment.、Mm-hmm. And we know if they have to go to school, if we know we've done all these other things, is best. We、mm-hmm. could to prepare them and ourselves. Then we need to just accept their feelings,、mm-hmm. lovingly pass them off, right, and go. And if they are beyond, and we can see that this is a lot、uh, more of an impact than we had imagined, then we bring them home. But we get to decide that. Yeah, and we might have to practice and experiment with it, and、mm-hmm. then be like, "I brought them home. I'm feeling resentful.、Mm-hmm. I feel like they could have gone okay."、Mm-hmm. Or you drop them off, and maybe they did great. You never know until、yeah. until you try a little bit,、yeah. which is hard because you're like, "This is a child's mental health," and I'm like experimenting because I need to work or have time、yeah. alone, right, or care for other kids.、Yeah. But but just、yeah. a good reminder to be. Just meeting our kids where they are when they're showing us stress, when、yeah. they're having separation anxiety, when they're going through whatever. That we don't have to change their mind, we don't have to change their feelings, we don't have to do anything except say, "I see you. You don't want me to go. You're saying you don't feel like going to school. I hear you. We're not necessarily going to cave on what's happening logistically. We don't have to. We can say yes. The impulse, the feelings, the needs." The anxiety, the things I see, and I honor those things.、Mm-hmm. We still and we still have to go into class, or and I still have to pass you to grandma. It can be both of those things, right?、Mm-hmm. Someone mentioned my three-year-old kiddo does not want to celebrate anyone else's birthday and acts as the fun police. If too many people are laughing or singing or dancing at the same time, he gets really upset and he shouts, "Stop!"、Mm-hmm. I love this child. Me too. Oh my gosh, love、yeah. them. He sounds like、uh, he'd be perfect in our spirit. He sounds <laughs> like he fiercely knows who he is and what he needs and what he wants,、mm-hmm. and that's our opportunity to say, "What do you think that is?"、Mm-hmm. And I think for many kids who are spirited. And especially sensitive, which、mm-hmm. is a lot harder to notice than a spirit、mm-hmm. kid, is saying, "I'm feeling overwhelmed.、Mm-hmm. This is feeling like too much. You got to shut it down.、Mm-hmm. No, no, no.、Mm-hmm. Wrong, wrong, wrong.、Mm-hmm. I need to basically go lie down in a dark room with white noise on right now. But I don't know how to recognize that.、Mm-hmm. Right? This three-year-old is it's, trying it's to control their environment. They have anxiety. Right? It's too much stimulation for them."、Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, he's not a party pooper. No, he's a stressor. Yeah, yeah. He's a little、and、sponge. Say, yeah, he's、I、a would, party sponge. We work on on <laughs> on helping him relax and regulate during those times, prepping、mm-hmm. him. Sometimes I get really overwhelmed at parties. Do you ever feel like you just kind of like the noise and the energy and the excitement <clears throat> and the cake and it's just like this is just so much. It's just like I can't take it all in at once. So sometimes I'm like really just want to be on top of stuff. Do you ever、mm-hmm. feel like that? Right? What can we do? Like. Could I come to you maybe halfway through, and we could go walk out backyard together and have a little snack together?、Mm-hmm. And if he's just like, I don't know what you're talking about, that's okay too, right? But、mm-hmm. we can just validate when he's there. If he's wigging out, being like, no, too many smiles, too much laughter, quiet, quiet down, no more pieces of cake. Just say, okay, 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. weren't feeling that. Yeah. You struggling? How you doing? How you doing? Right. And then, hey, do you want to come in the kitchen with me and work on something? Hey, uh, our dog could use a quick jot outside. You want to come mm-hmm. with me? Right. Helping him understand his nervous system. Mm-hmm. Maybe calming his nervous system or getting his wiggles out before the party so mm-hmm. he just feels a little more regulated, right? And less yeah. kind of um, anxious. Yeah. But really just trying to communicate what you're feeling is okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to stop you. I'm not trying to fix you. I'm not trying to change you. <clears throat> You are doing exactly what you need to be mm-hmm. doing right now. What does your body need? Yeah. You know. I want to help you tune into your body so you can meet your needs as you get older. When you feel stressed at a party, at a concert, mm-hmm. at a place like that, right? You know what to do. You're not going to just start punching people or moshing on people's heads, mm-hmm. right? You're going to get out of there. Um, someone said, how can we deal with screaming in the car with a three-year-old? I mean, we just try to talk to them, try to calm them down as best we can until we get to the point where we are going to start screaming. And then we do our, our unplug shutdown mm-hmm. where we go into our self-reg game, right? Taking mm-hmm. deep breaths, thinking about other things, Nodding. focusing on the road, mm-hmm. right? And maybe even putting in a little earplug, which mm-hmm. Kelsey and I each had one for our ears, side ears in mm-hmm. our van when we drove all four kids to school back in the day. Um, and we would just lightly put one yeah. earplug in. Because <clears throat> it just felt a little rude, like this holding be, your. This can be in the car. Here. This can be <clears throat> for any of you parents of spirited kids or screamer stages. Uh, get those earplugs, and yeah. it doesn't need to be punitive, like putting in my earplugs now, mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but just slip them in there. You know, hide your hair over it a little mm-hmm. bit. Just put it halfway in. It's like your force field. It helps <clears throat> you not get sucked down the rabbit hole. They're like hole. cute ones now too. Like I think it's called Loop. Mm-hmm. Molly, you told us about those. Um, someone said, four-year-old has started throwing things and yelling when she's frustrated. That's four-year-old stress behavior. Yes. Seems to get more upset when I try to acknowledge how she may be feeling. She sounds sensitive mm-hmm. to feeling patronized by you telling her how she's feeling. That's yeah, fine. absolutely. That Telling a child how they're feeling and kind of identifying their feelings in the moment happens with younger kids very mm-hmm. often. But as they get older, they start to say, uh, do not put words in my mouth. Mm-hmm. I'm old enough to say what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's excellent feedback. Yeah. When our kids are like, don't say that or shut up or th- they throw your hand off them. It's all mm-hmm. feedback. Yeah. Right? We don't have to take it personally. We can just say, oh, sorry. I didn't mm-hmm. know. What, what, what are you needing? Right. Or just note to, note to self. Mm-hmm. I should just be nodding, right? Okay, I that should didn't just go be, over that. I well. should be toning it down more. Mm-hmm. And then they say, "Don't nod at me," and you're like, "Okay, note taken." I will maybe just be close. Sorry, right. cool, right? And a four year old, you, you can also say they can't hear very well, so you have to kind of test this stuff out in the moment. Yeah, and you can talk about yeah. it later. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're like, you know, when you were struggling earlier about the backyard, you know, mm-hmm. mud pile thing. And she's like, "Yeah." Like, is there any way that? I could have supported you better. Is there anything I could have done in the moment? And in my mind, I'm like, there's nothing I could have done. I legitimately tried everything under the sun and nothing seemed to work. And sometimes she'll say, no, you should have just given me the thing. Or sometimes she'll think about it a while or he'll think about it a while and he'll say, I, I want, didn't want my shirt on or I yeah, wanted or my you to go and be like, I needed yeah. space. I wanted you to go inside and then come back <clears throat> right away. But we're raising awareness with them in these moments so that they understand. And then if the seed is planted about what they need after the fact, it's like back to the future. Mm -hmm. Then the next time that happens, they've got that little tidbit Mm -hmm. in it. It's going to rise to the surface a little more every time to the point where they can start feeling uncomfortable and they'll say, mom, I need some space. or I'm going in my room for a few minutes. Or Or, sister, turn the volume down. Don't make that stupid face at me. I'm struggling right now. Right. 
Just sharing my win, someone says. After doing your tips, my three-year-old son who used to scream at his sis and hit her now just says, play alone when he needs space. I want to play alone. And then he agrees to let her borrow his toys after. That's beautiful. That sounds like a wonderful That's period wonderful. to be in. I love that. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, my goodness. Have you guys covered bedtime before? Someone asks. My three-year-old does not want to sleep and ends up staying up till 10. We will cover that next week. Yeah, absolutely. Someone else said, please make sure the son is safe around grandpa. This is back to the car seat being trapped. Maybe he's trying to tell you something. Yeah, I think great. You know, tune in extra to not just your son's discomfort in general, but to why he might be feeling uncomfortable besides Mm -hmm. just grandpas are creepy. Mm -hmm. Like, are they really creepy? What's Mm -hmm. going on? Always good to know, you know? Someone said, I have a spirited energizer bunny of a five-year-old. When we have visitors over, he gets more and more wound up. I try to step aside with him and have him take a deep breath, but he just gets more intense. How do I connect and calm him down? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think sometimes kids can't be calmed and Mm -hmm. that's okay. And we have to just watch that play out. They're listening to their nervous systems in that moment and saying, my nervous system is on fire. My nervous system is telling me to jump, to push, to be totally insane. Mm -hmm. And that is not like they're choosing to do that. Their body is doing that to survive. Their body's doing that to meet a need. And oftentimes it's about finding a way to calm that anxiety of all the excitement. Mm-hmm. Excitement, we're always like, good thing. But like excitement is also a little, that manic excitement. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually feel good in a child's body. And I like how we, we spend our, you know, our kids' earliest years trying to cheer them up for a thing. Are you excited about the party? What are you going <laughs> to see? What are we going to do when grandma comes over? Oh my and gosh. And they get to like And then four. all of a sudden they're so excited and we're like, like tone it down. Jesus. <laughs> Not that excited. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the the most you can do is just create awareness beforehand of like, mm-hmm. not like, remember how insane you get at parties, but so like, don't do so that. Time, my body is this, get that way. What are we going to do? What could we do? Mm-hmm. And then I also think just accepting and that in the moment, if you, if you can't support them in calming down, maybe mm-hmm. moving, going with them somewhere else or having an agreement, if we get to that point, where would you want to go? Where, mm-hmm. what would we want to do? Okay, it it's be? time for bubble guppies. It's guppies. kind of an agreement that we're doing it's together. It's bubble guppy time, right? right? Um, but but also we talk about regulating nervous systems yeah. before parties, before school, before transitions, especially for kids with really sensitive nervous systems. Mm-hmm. You might have noticed that if you have a spirited, strong-willed kid or if you have a kid who's, who's sensitive yeah. to textures, sounds, lights, um, energy in rooms, unpredictable and spaces, transitions, all kinds new of those things. things. Yeah. Sometimes we try to help regulate their nervous systems before so we can run through a whole sensory diet. You can make a map on your fridge with your kid of ideas. Yeah. Basically, tangle them upside down, roll them around, walk the, hold their feet when they walk their hands, press them, them like a little burrito, squeeze them down like a, like mm-hmm. a panini, uh-huh. right? Panini get, a, get a huge panini press right. for your child. Um, have them pull something heavy. Right. right. Get their hands in water, Get sand. Get that nervous system regulated. Oftentimes it's like we drive half an hour and then you unleash and then them like, at the party. be cool at the party, right? okay? <laughs> Two hours on the way out. It's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard. So we feel you. Hopefully that helps a little bit. Mm-hmm. Someone said, you two are so cool. I wish I was as collected and cool as a cucumber like you. We are right now yeah. because we're sitting here with our kombucha mm-hmm. like alone together we yeah. always say alone, alone together, together. Yeah. um <laughs> it'll be so our we're book. feeling good this is our our brains thinking of these things this isn't our bodies talking to us in the moment 
cucumbers. We're not always cool cucumbers. Yeah, but that's why talking about yeah. this stuff is so fucking important. Yeah. If we're talking about it, if we're listening to it, like all of you are right now, we're doing the work so that when we are challenged in the moment by our sensitive <clears throat> or spirited kid, they're pushing us to the max, they're pushing all our buttons, they're <clears throat> challenging us, they're throwing all these new things at us. Mm. We have been practicing, right? In those easier mm. times, in those moments where we're hiding in the bathroom or kicked up, you know, with a glass of wine in the hammock or driving home from wherever or on our jog or whatever it is, we'll have that practice. We'll have a little bit more awareness, Mm -hmm. right? A little bit more patterning for what to do next time if we can. And hopefully that feeling of just, again, bringing this from the beginning here to the end, that that we are not alone. We're not alone. You're not alone in raising kids and struggling with it, in struggling to love your spirited kid in certain moments, to struggle to understand your sensitive child in moments, to struggle to accept and give grace to yourself when you lose it and just cannot manage to support Mm -hmm. them. And that's why we love these lives so much. And we're Mm -hmm. just, we're so grateful you were here with us this week. Um, Let us know if you have any, any thoughts, send us a DM. We really struggle with answering DMs, but um, we're working on it because um, mm-hmm. we want to connect with you all. And we're so excited about this upcoming Spirited Kids Club because we're going to get connect like face to face with mm-hmm. some of you who we've been talking to for a really long time. Yeah. So we're going to get to meet you, which I'm just I'm so excited about. So check out our link in bio um, or upbringing.co forward slash club mm-hmm. to learn more about the Spirited Kids Club and, and think yeah. about would that feel good to you to um be on a call once a week for the month of June um, mm-hmm. for 90 minutes um, with seven other like-minded parents who yeah. um, are going through a lot of the same things as you. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll talk through the resist approach in all of your challenges. Mm-hmm. We'll figure out kind of group guided um, where you want to go that day and how we can best serve you. Um, and it's going to be like these lives, but it's actually going to be um two-way which is going to be really more interactive will be fun yeah yeah and we'll also send you the recording if you can't make it for some reason or you Mm want to send it off to your partner so they can be listening and learning a little bit too yeah but uh enrollment closes um monday so the end of the month may 31st and we'll hopefully have more of these this is going to be our pilot month so we're really Mm -hmm. excited hope you can jump on otherwise um join us the next time next go round Mm -hmm. because this is a quite the merry-go-round this whole parenting thing yeah thank you all for being here it's just it's so heartening mm-hmm. coming here and getting to connect so about all these things yeah um and give those little spirited kids a squeeze for us mm-hmm. um, we hope you're all learning from your spirited kids as much as we are from from ours yeah all right everybody we love you see you all soon bye